Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Grace of a Military Child and Life podcast. Military families are not like your traditional family. They are strong, brave, resilient, and some of the most incredible people I know. My name is Gracie, a U.S. Army brat, and I am your host. I am honored to be able to give military family members like myself a place for them to share their stories and experiences in the military life. Stay tuned for this week's guest. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to a new episode of Grace of a Military Child in Life. Today, I'm here with an Army spouse, Sykora. So welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about what it's like being an Army wife for you. Yeah, I think in order to answer that question, it kind of goes back to when I first met my spouse. So I'm actually considered a late military spouse. Um, my husband and I met, it feels like a lifetime ago. <laughs> we were both full-time college students. He was in the ROTC program. I was also working full-time. We were actually in a long-distance relationship for four years. And so I like to say that I had a life before military life. And I really tried to prepare myself when he finally commissioned. I read all the books. I had the conversations. And being a military spouse is so different than everything I thought it was going to be. Yeah, because you don't necessarily know what it's like until you're actually in it. And you had a life that you're completely leaving behind. Yeah, I had a job that I loved. We had kind of a summer lag before he received his orders. So we were getting to hang out with family and friends finally, getting to go out and explore. And then military happened. And it's like, oh, this is a change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What was the transition like for you guys? So initially, I thought it was going to be easy. I had a job lined up. We had housing already lined up. We had kind of a TDY move before PCS. However, my job ended up falling through and I was super bored. So I'm like, let's go to a shelter and play with puppies. And then we ended up with two puppies a week later. Oh my um, gosh. They <laughs> uh, needed round the clock care for the first five months that we had them, they were really sick. And I think that pressure on top of adjusting to military life, and then I moved back home because we needed to get ready for a PCS move, which we were not prepared for. And so that's really where it started was just the roller coaster of then reapplying for jobs, finding new housing, taking care of these sick dogs. Yeah. And, you know, unemployment is definitely one thing that so many military spouses struggle with because either they don't want to hire because we're only going to be there temporarily or, you know, it's, you know, a lot of medical professionals and doctors, they can't necessarily get their license just switched over. So that's another um, challenge. But then, just the lifestyle on top of it, it's so draining and it's, you are always needed for something it feels. Yeah. And I'm one of those. So I'm a licensed professional counselor for my home state. And when we moved, I found out that my counseling license was not going to transfer. And actually I didn't find that out until a year after we moved and I had tried over and over again. So automatically my employment opportunities, it seemed like were cut in half. Yeah. And it's hard to, you know, I mean, now with technology changing and stuff, it probably makes it a little easier, but you're so demanded of the military to just go 
you know, where your orders are written to. And so you don't have a choice. You don't have a say. Um, and that little say you have doesn't make a difference. So it's so challenging for so many military spouses and wives and husbands to just find a steady job within the lifestyle. Yeah. And then that creates a whole nother layer of like tension and the need for communication within your own relationship with your spouse, because we went from a double income family to a single income family and just the stress I was feeling applying for jobs like that stress transfers to my spouse. Like he feels that way because he knows I'm feeling that way. Yeah. And it makes a already challenging life even more challenging. Yeah, for sure. And that's why, like many other spouses, I ended up starting my own business because I was not getting anywhere applying for jobs. And it felt like that was the only other route I had um, while still continuing to apply for jobs, but something that would fit this lifestyle. Right. Entrepreneurship is huge within the military community because of that unemployment rate. And many spouses saying, you know what, I give up Like, I need some sort of income because military life, you can't necessarily uh, survive just off of that paycheck, Um, unlike a lot of people think, but you need that double income. And not only that, like you said, you were bored, so you need something to do. Yeah. And I think it was just losing your sense of self is huge as a military spouse. Like you're already trying to fit in with your community. And then on top of that, not having a job, which for me is part of my sense of self. Like I did seven years of college to get a bachelor's and master's degree and to become state licensed. And I wanted to use that and I wanted to help people in the mental health field. So not being able to do that just felt like it was taking away my identity and my passion and purpose in life. Yeah, because if you don't have that, then that's your motivation to, you know, keep going through this tough lifestyle. And if you already put in so much work for it, then why just leave it? Exactly. And it's not fair, right? Like, that's not fair to ask a spouse who has already done all the work to be, like, put on the sideline. Yeah, so many spouses, I mean, like you're saying, lose that sense of self because, you know, so much of of what we do, we, when we're finding a career and going throughout college, that's becoming, you know, who we are. We are part of, you know, what our profession is. I do marketing. And so literally I could sit there in front of a computer all day marketing and be happy because that's, that's who I am. And so having that stripped away from you is challenging. Yeah. And I think what you said, I could sit in front of a computer and do mental health all day. Mm -hmm. And it's actually kind of nice when my spouse is gone all the time, because it gives me something to pass that time by instead of it just going so slow, trying to figure out what I'm going to do day in and day out. Right. Because those deployments come around, those trainings and TDYs come around and it's like, where do I go from here? (laughs) Like, it's just me. And I mean, of course, puppies too, but it's still, you need something else to keep you going because you can't just necessarily do house choice all day. It'll get yeah. tiring. <laughs> and I don't enjoy them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. If you enjoy them more, then I guess that's a another thing. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so tell me more about, you know, starting your own business and what that journey is like. 
Yeah. So I come from an exercise science background and a mental health background. So I feel like in starting my business, I had a good idea of what I wanted to do, which was the health coaching aspect. When it came to the business side, I felt like I had no idea what I was doing. I kind of starting from ground zero. Yeah. Um. So definitely stressful, but it was less stressful because I found a way to apply myself. And it's really just been finding the community. So the Association of Military Spouse Entrepreneurs has been super helpful since the end of last year with their master classes, with their like coffee chats and co-working and just like that sense of direction, which I didn't have when I initially started my business. Yeah, because if you don't have that business background, then how are you going to start a business? You know, you have an idea, but... There's so much more that goes into a business that goes into running an actual program that if you don't have that background, it is such a challenge starting it and figuring it out. Yes. And feedback has been huge for me. Like my business has changed so much in the almost a year that I've been running it just because I finally had something to start with. I asked people, do you like this? What direction do you see me going? And then receiving their feedback and kind of adapting and changing from there. And I will say in the first year of business, I feel like that's really common is you're just learning and growing and getting your feet on the ground. Um, So definitely not giving up in that first year because it'll get there. (laughs) (laughs) That first year is literally the formative year. And when it feels like it's so hard and you're literally dragging through the mud, that's when it's so important just keep going. You know, I started the podcast in April and then by September I was like, this is so much work and I stopped. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, May comes around, June, July come around and I'm like, I actually need to do this. And you have to put in the work. And if you don't have that work and dedication and uh, everything that it takes to actually do it, then it's hard. And you know, having that motivation say, hey, like, no, I put the work into this in college. You know, I put seven years into this. I can't just let it go to waste is huge. And then asking for feedback is so important, too. Yeah. And having the support from my spouse. It's not something I would have done unless we agreed on it together. And we saw that this was a good way to go about our situation. Yeah, because and especially in, you know, military families, it's so unstable. You have to prepare for the unexpected. And if you don't have that team effort between you and your spouse, that's when it's going to cause division. That's when things are going to get hard. And while deployments are going to come around and it's just you and your spouses, you know, who knows where in this world it does cause, you know, you to take on a lot more, but it's still important that no matter where in the world, you know, you're still able to work together as a team. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. And so how are you using this and your business and your platform to help other military spouses? So my business, Mindfully Well LLC, on a larger scale, challenges the social impact of challenging the mental health stigma while supporting other military spouse-owned businesses. So my self-care boxes, the products in them, come from actually other military spouse family-owned businesses. 
But on a more specific level, what I do is because I found how important self-care was for me and my mental health starting out as a military spouse, I now take my therapy background and my experience as a military spouse and help teach individuals as part of family systems to prioritize their own self-care through simple everyday activities. Yeah, it's so important to prioritize your mental health through this challenging life for each family member in, you know, the household, because if you don't do that, then it's going to make this life more challenging. It's going to make it more difficult. And, you know, that's when you start to lose your sense of self. That's when you're going to start to lose your sense of connection within the family. Yeah. And I also found it to be really difficult to understand what was considered normalcy or routine. So I think by learning to prioritize my self-care and kind of what replenished and reconnected me, that allowed me to create a healthier routine that was more sustainable long-term. Right. Because it's so, I mean, like we said, it's so unexpected of what's going to happen, you know, what states you're going to be living in, you know, when you're moving, when that PCS is coming around, when deployments are coming around. So having just something even just so simple and that takes like a couple minutes, have it part of a routine of a daily or weekly monthly routine to say, hey, this is, you know, this is my time. And then, you know, it'll make those challenging times easier. Yes. And that's why I really focus on comfort and practicality for adults and teens and then comfort and play for kiddos, because it really does affect the whole family, even So I don't have a larger family system with myself and I, I've seen how it's affected other military families from kiddos up through adulthood. And that's what I really try to focus on is how can we help everyone and meet their needs? Because it really is different. We all go through the same stuff as a military community and military families, but each person is going to be different in what they need to feel like they are balanced and living um, more holistically. And each, you know, each age is so different. So like, you know, taking those different approaches for each age, um, because military kids, you know, I can say it as one myself, you know, we need the support too, because it's, it's taxing on everyone in the household. And then like you were saying with your husband earlier, you know, the stress balancing off of each other. And then, uh, you know, it, it radiates onto the kids and, you know, they're able to sense when something's different in the household, when something's coming up or, you know, even just moving for them, it's challenging. Yeah. And just modeling. So if you see mom and dad taking care of themselves and feeling good, the kids are more likely going to positively interact and learn to take care of themselves, not only as kiddos, but that goes through the years with them. Yeah. And it'll go generations, you know, down to their kids, whether, you know, not always military kids join the military, end up marrying into a military family. But, you know, even into the civilian world with these kids growing up and, you know, I mean, military kids are so resilient and everything as it is. And they're just incredible leaders. And, uh, you know, they really turn out to be incredible people. Um, But you know, it takes an army to to care for them and it takes an army to, to, you know, help to form them to be leaders and help them to succeed in whatever they choose to do with their life. And, 
you know, military spouses and service members and veterans, like, you know, we all, in a sense, come together to raise these families and, you know, just military family is so true. You know, I have so many moms and dads out there. I have brothers and sisters. I have aunts. I have uncles. Like everyone, the military family just becomes one. Mm -hmm. We are stronger together. (laughs) Yes, that is how it always goes. And, you know, it's, it's something that I would not trade for the world because it's truly incredible. Yeah. And no matter where you go, you're going to find a military community. Like, that's the thing is, even though you continuously move and it feels like you're restarting, there's going to be someone or something that you can find. Yeah. And so many organizations, so many uh, incredible people are out there helping make a difference, you know, like yourself within the military community. And, you know, when you move to a new duty station and you're lost and you don't know where to go and you don't know what to do, you, especially if you live on base, you can more often than not go knock on your neighbor's door and be like, I'm new here. If they haven't already seen the moving trucks and came and introduced to themselves, <laughs> you know, um, we all get the lifestyle. And, you know, like you said, we are stronger together. And that's just how we all have seemed to function. And it's interesting that you say that. So we actually live almost an hour away from base. So as a new military family, not living on base, that's something that we had never considered was how much we were going to feel isolated um, because we're not around the military community as often. Or if we do, it's a good drive to attend the event um, or even just be in the local town, which out here being at Fort Carson, everywhere is a military community. Um, We just happen to choose the one place that's not so much. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, my dad retired and we moved to Southwest Florida and the closest base to us, not that we, you know, we retired, so we'd have to be close to base, but the closest base to us is about two to two and a half hours away, depending on the traffic. And so being outside of it, it feels so isolating because it's like, where's my family at? Yeah. And for us, it's just the exhaustion of, do we really want to drive almost an hour (laughs) or would we rather just relax? (laughs) Right. And so it's that having to find that balance. And, you know, when you do, you make the most of it. And for us, we always go And we go with a grocery list and we go to the commissary and we go to the PX and we see, you know, what's on sale and things like that. So it's definitely, it has its challenges of being away from the military community like that. Um, I mean, it has its pros too, because you're able to really um, submerge yourself into the culture of the area that you're in and do, you know, all the activities that the locals do. Yeah. And I think it gives us some more breathing room too that maybe you don't get on base. And that's what really kind of drove us to being off base was just being able to disconnect if we wanted to. Yeah, because the lifestyle is just so, so challenging, so taxing. And so just being able to step away and say, I need, you know, 10 minutes to just breathe without this chaos going on. You can do that. 
Yeah. And I also think it's helpful too, like you said, if you just went to the commissary with a list and got out, we try once a month, we try to plan something where we go to an event or even just go walk our dogs on base just to get back in the community, but still do something that feels good for us. Yeah, because it's so important to still be within that community, even being far away. Um, And I mean, like you said, there are people out there in just about, I would say, everywhere you go, there is someone from the military, related to the military, whether that be a mom, dad, veteran, spouse, you know, kid, whatever. There is somebody who is connected to the military. Um, But just being in those outside areas, a lot of people don't talk about it. So it's definitely that much more challenging to say, oh, you know, we get it. We connect on a different level. Yeah. And it's funny because you almost can pinpoint someone who's um, like in the military or affiliated with the military, even like away from base. It's like, oh, yeah, that person looks like they're military and they'll just come up and start talking to us. And we're like, how did you even know? We're just (laughs) walking around wearing civilian clothes. I don't know if it's the way my husband looks or walks, but it's just so funny because they're like, oh, yeah, we're affiliated with blah, blah, blah. And it starts this whole conversation but you can just like pinpoint them. (laughs) Yeah, those are the things I love. And honestly, there's definitely like, I mean, everyone has to fit within regs, you know, being in the military. So I think you can just kind of pinpoint those people and even just talking to people, like you said, military, the military community is so much more open and we're willing to just talk to random people. And so I think that is another huge tall tale sign of, you know, <laughs> you're connected to the military somehow. And just, it's fun to get to learn where people come from. I know I get told I have like a Midwest accent sometimes and like, I don't have the accent. Like, I think you have the accent. There's <laughs> this really fun conversation about customs and traditions. And that's a whole nother area of military life that you get to experience with others. Yeah, living all around the country and all around, sometimes even the world, you get to learn those traditions, like different cultures, you know, the difference between, you know, Ohio and Texas and Florida. Those are my states, you know, to the just the incredible differences between everywhere you go and finding those local food places and chatting with the locals and things like that. I will say too, I think a military life has almost made my connections to civilian life stronger, like with my family and friends, because I don't get to see and talk to them as often. So when I do, it just, it's completely different than before when you were getting to see them all the time. Yeah, you're so used to just being able to go and visit with your friends, go and get coffee, you know, and now either you have to be home to do that they have to come visit which is not very often and then um you know we have technology now and so being able to you know facetime and zoom and just even just texting and calling you know there's that too but it's so much difficult um so difficult when you add in time zones and work schedules and things like that the unpredictable schedule of the military has to be one of my biggest frustrations. (laughs) (laughs) You never know what's coming for you. 
No. And I am such a planner and I want to plan, especially when we have people that want to come visit and they're like, when can we come? I'm like, I don't know anymore. If you just show up and it works, it works. If it doesn't, I guess we try again. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny because, you know, talking to so many military spouses um, and military kids, even we are all that type A person. We are all planners. We all, um, you know, want everything to go perfectly, but Somehow we get sucked into this military life where nothing goes perfect. Everything is unplanned. And it's just the opposite of our personalities, 100%. Definitely 100% the opposite of mine. I can't plan. I don't have a lot of control. And that's where I just have to constantly give myself a grace and know that others are going through it too. This is not something that just I'm dealing with. Like every military family deals with this. Yeah, because, you know, everyone has a little bit of a different story, but everyone is experiencing the same things. You are not the first one to experience a PCS to the middle of nowhere. You're not the first one to go through a deployment. And so it's almost that comforting factor knowing that there are other people out there who are going through the same things or who have been through the same things, but it's still frustrating having to go through it. And not knowing what to expect, kind of like what we talked about earlier. Like I tried and tried to prepare myself but I didn't even know what expectations to have. And I thought they were low coming into it and they've dropped considerably <laughs> since then. Right, because you, I mean, there's so many resources out there. Military spouses are writing books all the time. There's so many, um, I mean, when if you bring kids into this life, you know, there's so many books for kids out there. But still, because everyone has those different experiences, those different lifestyles, even I always say you can have the same exact duty stations and the same exact MOS as another family and live the same lifestyle. But there's going to be so much different in it because personalities come into it, Um, you know, introvert versus extrovert, being willing to you know, dive into the community where you're at. Volunteering is huge um, within military families. And so just the willingness you are to take a step into it or not take a step into it makes a huge difference as well. Comforting to know, too, that the military life is not for everyone. I know when I was really struggling, I I'm like, why am I struggling so bad? Why am I not connecting as much as I want to? And it's okay to say maybe this isn't for me long term. And just having a realistic conversation with myself and with my spouse and being like, we might need to reevaluate this in the future and see if this really is the lifestyle for us. Right. And every... Every duty station's different. So while you might struggle with one place, you know, going and moving to another place, that's the beauty of it. You're only there temporary for the most part. Um, you do get stuck longer sometimes. Reserves are pretty much there for life. Um, but, you know, you have the the beauty and the flexibility of being able to move. So if one place is really hard and it sucks, you know, give it two, three years. You're going to be somewhere else. And that might be so much better, but it's not the lifestyle for everyone. And you have to give everyone grace with it. Mm-hmm. 
rolling with the punches in and even if you're that person who's waiting for a new duty station, I am that person who's waiting for a new duty station, even though we just got here. Um, <laughs> learning how to just go with the flow of what is has been super important. Yeah. If you don't uh, just say, hey, like, I don't have control of this, so I'm not going to worry about it. Um, that's the hardest thing to do um, is to let go of that control. But if you're able to say, here's what I have control of, this is what I'm going to to worry about, and then say, this is what I don't have control over, this is what I'm not going to worry about, is a huge difference. Yeah. And like you said, it's like one of the hardest steps as a military spouse, because we're put in a position where there's things we have to control Yeah, in a very uncontrollable environment but we just have to figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. Because when, you know, your spouse is gone for two weeks, you are left to do everything, you know, even those house chores that you don't like, (laughs) you are the one who is, who's there holding down the house, um, making sure everything is done. Everything is perfect to what can be perfect. And, you know, you don't have control over that. You don't have control that your spouse isn't there, that your husband's away. And so you have to have control even in where you cannot control at all. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so um, the last thing I always like to ask is what piece of advice would you give to another military spouse? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> And it's a good question because I'm a new military spouse. So normally I'm the one getting advice from others right now. So I would say my best piece of advice is to continue to be honest and be authentic. Like I said, I have not adjusted as well to military spouse life as I expected, giving myself grace in that, but also saying that's my true feelings and my true thoughts on this. And I'm not going to stray away from that just because I feel like I should be adjusting to military spouse life and life in general at our duty station has been super beneficial to my own mental health because that's, you know, accepting where I am. Yeah. You can't change the situations you're put in by the military, but if you are just, like you said earlier, rolling with the punches and going with the flow, then that's really all you can do at some points. Yeah. Absolutely. And where can people connect with you on Instagram and on social media? Yeah. So I have business pages on Facebook and Instagram, Facebook, mindfullywellcoaching.llc, Instagram, mindfully.well.llc, and they can use my links in my bio to go to my website as well for my workbooks and self-care boxes. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast and sharing, you know, your experience in military life. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you for listening to Grease of a Military Child and Life podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a like, follow, and comment. Also, be sure to check out Instagram and Facebook at Gracewood Military Child and Life for more awesome content. For information on the podcast, Military Child Bigs and Littles, GoAMCL blog, or other resources, visit www.goamcl.org. You can also email me at gracie.com. 
That's G-R-A-C-I-E at G-O-A-M-C-L dot org with any questions or comments. To be a guest on the podcast, you can schedule it at www.goamcl.org forward slash schedule a podcast, all one word, or contact me via social media or email. Stay tuned for the next episode where another incredible story is shared.